You are listening to the Postcast, presented by the Locked On Senators Podcast, following a 6-4 loss in regulation on home ice, and the losing streak reaches six. I'm Ross Levitan, alongside Brandon Piller. We got the whole Postcast crew at Laleem's Marsh. And Pilsy, please explain to me what the heck I just watched. You just watched the last, what? Four Ottawa Senators games on repeat, essentially. Like, this is just part part five of that. Like, the Senators, yet again, have another decent performance. They dominated in shots 41 to 28. They had a lot of the pressure in this game. All the advanced analytics are nice. They dominated even in the face-off dot. Yet, still get a big old L at the end of the day without a single goddamn point. I mean, this Damn. is... This is deteriorating into a debacle, Ross. Quickly in November here, no wins again. And Martian, I'll, I'll snap it over to you because uh, I, I, you might you might get an angry Pillsy on this postcast. It's not going to be an angry Ross. I mean, I'm running, I'm trying, I'm building this hill to stand on, and it's crumbling underneath me here. We are suckers for pain, considering that we're we, we're doing these postcasts after every game, yeah, and it's almost the exact same story every time. Um, but in this in this case, I really feel like it was just a matter of them not capitalizing when they could have, they should have. In those first two periods, guys, they were completely dominating the play. It wasn't even it wasn't even close. You know, I I, I thought for sure that they were going to be able to pull this off. Yeah. And me again, just a complete mush for my my own team. Like, I can't see through these flaws. I don't get it. I don't know what the flaw even is. They just can't finish. Yeah, it's wild. My key to victory was win the special teams battle. If I if you told me the power play goes two for five and the penalty kills perfect three for three, although Brady steps out of the box, they score uh, pretty much right after bang, bang. But I would have said, okay, yeah, they probably won, like, I don't know, four, two. They would shoot Vancouver 41 to 28 and the game starts about as perfectly as you would like drake batherson scores 50 seconds in alex to with his eighth assist of the season bernard docker as well and they carried that until the end of the first period and this is where you start feeling like deja vu another goal in the last two minutes of a period that's what but i talked were- about today ross that was my key to victory you can't have that happening but they bounce back. Travis Hamanick, the hammer, plus 1,100 to score. Cash it. Hello. A little, a little hammer time on that one. They, they're leading going in the second. And I'm feeling good. We get the great news. We'll talk about more on the actual podcast about Chris Neal having his number retired. You're feeling good after first intermission. And then, sure enough, they beat the wheels off the Canucks in the second period on the shot clock, possession. They, they had 19 shots on goal in the second period. Only gave up eight, but yet the score in the period is one nothing Vancouver. Pilsy, is that frustration that built up in that second period? Did you notice that in how they handled themselves in the third? I mean, all you had to do is take a look at those ISO shots of Claude Giroux on the bench. Take a look at those shots of Timmy coming off after a shift. Like, these guys were frustrated and not getting anything to show in that second period when, like you mentioned, they just absolutely dominated. I like the, the sense players are like, what is going on here? Like, we really feel like we're get we're playing the way we want to play. Things are working out for us. We're getting our chances. 
they're just the momentum goals are killing them. Like just when they think they have some momentum, and like you mentioned, uh, the the first period they've got a little momentum heading into the break. Then they have a second period where they dominate, but they lose one nothing in the period battle. Like it's I honestly there's there's a couple little things to get into for like flaws here, but apart from that and the end results here, this isn't terrible hockey, and you should be getting some sort of points here they should be getting points but you think of all nights on the night where they have ryan reynolds deal yeah (laughs) a prospective buyer for this team right you'd think that this would be the one that they're able to get the job done and get over the hump with it i think they came out flying like they came out with that mission in, in in line and they were you know I'm sure off the ice, the Ottawa Senators were also looking pretty good, bringing out that red carpet for Ryan Reynolds. I think they had a pretty decent crowd in there. You know, they were showing him what the Sens are kind of all about, I think, tonight. It just would have been so nice to get that on-ice result. I mean, the way they were playing, I think I think everybody in that building was pretty fired up for those first two periods, but it was just the same old kind of fall apart. And we can get into Nikita Zaitsev and some of his mistakes tonight because I think that that's definitely going to be a topic as well. I mean, I know that's a dead horse at this point, right? But, I mean. Well, I mean, his game was brutal. He only played 11.45, though, in, in about 10 minutes at even strength. Still dashed, too. Not, not yeah. saying that, that he was And that penalty was absolutely unforgivable. Like, what are you doing there? In no way is that okay. And it's not even like, like, if he takes that penalty and it uh, breaks down a key scoring opportunity or a breakaway or something, then you're like, okay. You got to do it. You got cement boots. You got to do it. But that's just a normal play on the half wall. And Nikita Zaitsev decides to go WWE on him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he's thinking there, Pilsy. It's it's just a it's just a kind of a, a, a bonehead mistake. And I think at this point too, you know, DJ talked about how some of the outside criticisms might be getting to him. I think those those outside criticisms have made their way to the rink. I don't know what he's hearing out there. But he's definitely gripping the stick a little bit too tight. Uh, that's for sure. Because some of the mistakes he are ma- he's making are just mental errors, really, is what when you when you when it comes down to it. That wasn't like a very high danger chance that he was stopping by dragging that man down there. Yeah, 0 and seven now with Nikita Zaitsev in the lineup, four and one without him. However, I would say it's beyond just him tonight on the back end. Hamonic giveth and Hamonic taketh. I thought he had a couple of great strike <laughs> passes. Like offensively, I thought he actually looked pretty good moving the biscuit tonight, but in his own zone, like he has to win a battle again. I know Connor Garland's pesky, but he's five foot eight. You don't have a, a big, tough defensive defenseman if you're not going to win a board battle behind your own net in a tie game in the third period with the stakes what they're at. Like that's, that's brutal. And then how much have we talked about the forwards not having any spatial awareness? I mean, Sanderson's got to be in front of the net as well, but all three forwards are just kind of looking around. And Bo Horvat's just wide open. It's like he's playing center field at Fenway. He's got that much room around him. Nobody's even touching him. And and he just makes it look too easy. And we're getting a lot of notes in the comments as well, talking about how uh, Cam Talbot certainly didn't have his best game either. But I think you have to look at some of the breakdowns in front of him on that back end. That yes, was absolutely thank you. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, when you look at, you know, five five goals against as well, there was one in particular I think we can all point to where, you know, it was it was the Sens were down by a goal and there was a save that he needed to make where he came out and challenged it and it looked like the puck went right through his glove. 
Um, is that I the Studnika goal? That was the Studnika goal. Yeah, yep, just slipped you. through him. Yeah, that's a bad one. Yeah, and I think just like from you know, as a fan looking at that, you you can't really point to one thing specifically, but if you were to point at one, then it would be that that you know inability to make that save, which I think was kind of an important save, especially at that time of the game. So just to run through, if you're listening to this in the car on your way to work uh, on Wednesday morning, it was 1-1 going into the third period. At that point, the Senators have 35 shots on goal. Vancouver has 16. So you're still feeling pretty good after the second period, even though that Zaitsev holding penalty kind of flipped the momentum. Even though Vancouver didn't score on that power play, they were coming off scoring a goal on their own, and then they were able to generate a bit of momentum as well. So they carried it into the locker room, and they came out that Horvat goal that we just broke down was a minute 16 into the period. And at that point, you could literally like hear the rubber being squeezed on the Senators' sticks every time they had it going into the Ozone. It was just like a little fumble each time. Like They couldn't make a clean pass after. And you can tell, like, it's not just six losses, guys. This is six regulation losses mm-hmm. with no life in any of them. I get a text from my mom halfway through the game. She goes, Uh-oh. here's a topic. When's the last time the Sens scored back-to-back goals? in a game. And I said, well, the Vegas game, but it probably didn't feel like that. Cause it was already five one when they started scoring goals. Right. But really before that, when is the last time? Like, do you have to go back to the Panthers game? Did they even do it in that one? Probably not. Yeah. It, <laughs> they can't get those momentum goals and that's what it is. Like they can put together like collectively a decent game, but in short spurts, they, completely break down and all it takes is two bang bang back-to-back goals by the opposition and they're not able to counter that they're not able to get two in a row on their own yeah pinto and then brady kachuk and remember in the first three and a half minutes remember they were down two nothing when they deserved to be down about 18 nothing after that first period in florida and then they came out and made it a game in the second before letting that slide away but you do have to go back then four games anyways that's neither here nor there but it just does show the the inability for them to to gain momentum from plays when they should. And right now, we're, we're looking at a team that, at this point, they're in their own head. Something has to change. I don't know what. Like, I do agree with a few of the people on, on Twitter and, and in the chat here as well that are saying, like, we knew defense was going to be the issue on this team. It was not addressed at a certain point. I don't want to hear about how hard it is to go get defensemen. Ryan Graves last year moved. John Marino moved. John These Marino, are yeah. like inexpensive options. Mackenzie Weger, you can put an asterisk because he was in a pretty big package. But those other guys were like pretty affordable when you look at the grand scheme of things. A second round pick and a B-level prospect. B-level prospect for the Senators right now is like the new third line forward from, the, from earlier in the pandemic. People that listen to Making Sense of the Sens will understand that one. But like... <laughs> We've got B-level prospects. Move some and bring in some like smart pickups. They don't have to be the flashy one. I don't even yeah. want to chicker. Just bring in somebody who can make smart plays consistently. Well, and Ross, that the second round pick they got from trading Connor Brown, that's what we all anticipated would go along with that. So essentially, like you're not losing a whole lot of assets from your your whole franchise package here. So that's that's tough when we're in this situation and. We're all trying to be patient and hold out till Artem Zub comes back, but it is see like this this short term injury for Zub is seeming like it's been a lifetime. 
It really is. It's crazy. Like, oh my like, god! They can't win a game without him, apparently. So, like, the longer no. he's out, the longer this is gonna go on because that's that's the biggest gaping hole on this team. This while he's out, it's 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 tough on the back end. They get hemmed in like nuts. So Vancouver doubles up Ottawa in shots in the third period, 12-6. Ottawa still finishes with a 41-28 advantage, but Oliver ekman Larson scores his first of the year uh, to make it 4-2. And at that point, I'm like, okay, see, like, is the season over after 12 games? Then, as they do, they give you a little bit of hope. Oh, Tim Stutz finds a seam, and I did not even smile until the puck was dropped because I thought Brady was still offside. On the backside, I was like, they're, they're going to call this one back. I'm not even going to bite. I'm not getting excited about this. But they count it. Stutzla gets the goal. it another assist. Apparently, he's a disher, even though he's got 52 shots on goal. And only two have found the back of the net and only one against a goalie. However, short-lived, 55 seconds later, Jatson Nika, the goal you talked about, Martian, as, as a gotta-have save for Cam Talbot. But it still wasn't done. Claude Giroux on another power play then gets his goal in a four straight games. Got five goals in the last four games, 5-4. Then Elias Patterson. Martian, what's up with the Sens when their goalies pull? I know they get one on the power play, but like they don't even generate offense. That's, I mean, yeah, I was going to point that out. Like They did end up scoring with the goalie pulled, but it was a two-man advantage because they still had 10 yeah. seconds left on that power play. So it's like, does that count as, as one of those empty net goals? In my opinion... No, it doesn't put an count asterisk as, on it. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count as the one that you need. The reason you pulled your goalie is to tie the game. You know, that's that's the whole idea. And so, like, for them not to be able to claw their way back at the time that it matters, I know that there's all these little chunks in the third period where they give us hope and don't let us turn our televisions off because we have that little glimmer and we're seeing them take little tiny chunks of momentum at the end of the game, but they're not executing the finish of the game and they're, they're, they're letting the other team, you know, get ahead. And they just, I don't know, Ross, when it comes to that six on five, you're right. They don't generate anything. It's like, they just pass it around the perimeter. Shabbat takes his sweet time out there with, with, you know, breaking it in on the power play and in those six on fives, it's like, they just burn the time and they, they look okay, but they don't get any quality chances. All right, we're going to break this down a little bit longer, and then stay tuned. The postcast after dark will take your questions. I'm sure there will be a lot of them. But first, quick word from our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network, and for great reason as well. You get all your lines there, your player performance props. You can bet on Travis Hamnick to score and make all the money in the entire world responsibly. Of course, you can do that at betonline.net. Your home for scores, stats, podcasts, news, and opinions. Check it out, betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, we want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Shawarma Palace as well. Ottawa's best food. I'm not even saying fast food. I'm not saying Shawarma. Ottawa's best food, period. (laughs) The best food in town. Ottawa Senators' worst hockey team is probably the Sens. I mean, the 6-7s are fourth-best team in the country. And yeah, don't you want one about that suspension, Pilsy. You missed a diatribe the other day. <laughs> if you want to see winning hockey in Ottawa, go to the 67s game. Don't, I mean, I'm not Or go it. see the bonfires play, eh, Martian? <laughs> yeah, you could go see us play too. 2 and 0. Let's go. Um, we I don't had... anyone wants to watch that, Pilsy, but I'm, I'm I'm not saying the 67s are better hockey. Um, 
because Ottawa Senators are still playing some really fun uh, hockey to watch. Like objectively watching this this team play as a fan, like you know you're in for a, a funny game or, or a fun game, or there's gonna be storylines and there's gonna be stuff that you can point at, which makes these postcasts, you know, a little bit easier. But at the same time, we're fans of the team. We want to see them win. So it, it it's like it's so painful. Pelzi, what was your take on the third period? <laughs> I was, I, was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, love hurts. That was my take on the third period. To echo Martian's point, I mean, we love this team, and it hurts sometimes. Like when when Drew scored that goal, I did one of these. Like I jumped up and did a quick fist pump, and then I was like, "You pricks! Like I know you're not gonna win. You gave me like a second of happiness, and I know, I know how this story ends. I've seen it the last couple of games, and." It was so tough watching that happen because that Timmy goal was electric, but yeah, sweet goal. Who Doesn't cares? Yeah. yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Like, hey, did that Timmy goal affect was it gonna affect the outcome of the game? Uh, probably not. No, not even at that point was it going to. You just knew that the Ottawa Senators were not getting out of that. They couldn't erase a three two deficit to a team that's blown what, four leads? Already this I know you, you would think like finally the Sens could flip the script on the team that this was happening to like it seemed like the stars were aligning for this Martian like you said Ryan Reynolds in the building let's go he's a Sens fan maybe and, not after seeing this I mean geez. and that that would have been you know the perfect like sensing moment of the season yes. turning. it would have been the TSN turning point of the entire season if they could have just like been losing a game that the way that they've been losing and then to to turn it around in front of Ryan Reynolds and in front of, you know, with Chris Phillips, big announcement as well. And, and I think just like Chris Neal, yeah. Neeler, two Chris's. Oh, sorry. Sorry. My bad. I, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you know what I meant, <laughs> but with, you know, Chris, Chris Phillips was there too, Pilsy. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, that's fair. No, but you know what I meant? And, and like that would have just been the perfect moment for them to actually turn it around. They just couldn't get it done. No, they just simply couldn't get it done, and now they've scored first in eight games, and they've won two of them. That's that, that's your season stat right there, I think, is the most obvious, glaring. When you score first, you, you're supposed to win 75 80% of the games. That's supposed to lose <laughs> that percentage. Is that an official stat? No. Wait, what? <laughs> that they've only scored twice in eight games? No, no the percentage of uh, the win probability no, when you score first. No, not at all. No. No, I just grabbed that out of thin air. Nice, I believed it. I mean, you th- you gotta think it's close. It has to be over fifty percent. Well, I mean, like in today's NHL, you can't rely on a one goal lead to give you that cushion that you need to actually win a game. But I mean, having the lead is gonna help you. <laughs> <laughs> Advanced they, analytics. They can't score two times in a row. They can't yeah. put teams away. Yeah. They they could have done that in the second period, but they couldn't. They had no finish. And Spencer Martin, I'm not here for for the talk. Wow. Guys looking like, like I don't know, the next Roberto Luongo in net for the Vancouver Canucks or Corey Schneider when he was there. But he played well in the second period. You got to give it to him, but you can't just give up hope and you got to keep banging away. And clearly they didn't play it till the final whistle. They they played until maybe Bo Horvat's goal at the start of the third period. And then that was just – that was painful to watch afterwards. Yeah, it's almost like they came out of the intermission – got scored on and then it was just like the whole air came out of the building and the air came out of the team too right it was like that huge momentum goal early in that period that really put them away 
But I mean, yeah, that I Spencer Martin, like, yeah, I mean, he made what 38 saves would it have been? So I, that's a good amount of, of saves for a young goalie. So we got to give him full credit as a goalie for the next show, I think, boys. But yeah, but now you're looking at your 12 games in, you have four wins and you have no loser points. No loser points. Like it to me, the Senators and the St. Louis Blues right now are kind of the joke of the league. Like St. Louis comes in with good yep. expectations. They're always a good team. They get they get gut punched five one by Philly tonight. They're three and eight. But Ottawa now four and eight. Only the Columbus Blue Jackets are worse in the Eastern Conference. That's where things are at right now. And it gets no easier as the hottest team in the Eastern Conference. The 10-3 and New Jersey Devils are next in East Rutherford. They've won seven in a row, nine of their last 10. And that's who the Sens get to play on the road in their next game. But Pilsy, glass half full. We said going to the week, win two or three, and that dream's still alive, baby. It's still <laughs> alive. It is. Yeah, I mean, it is it is alive, but but barely. And Rossi, you know what hurts the most about the Spencer Martin thing is if this would have happened to the Ottawa Senators of last year, the year before, or the year before, whatever, when you get the backup goalie in the back-to-backs, the... <laughs> The Vancouver Canucks decided that it was a bigger threat to go up against the Montreal Canadiens, and they want Demko fresh for that game instead of the Ottawa Senators. We're talking about a team that finished a historic 32 out of 32 last season, and they're like, nah, the Sens, that's going to be the easy game. We'll throw uh, we'll throw Spenny in there for that it's, one. It's a classic trap game. They they trapped us. That was Bruce Boudreaux mind trick, I think. We ate the cheese. We totally ate the cheese. That, that's a classic, like them just thinking that they're mentally stronger than Ottawa and, and knowing that them putting in the backup is going to give Ottawa that like, oh, we got this now, boys. And then, you know, it's just reverse psychology. I think they didn't realize what they were getting into. Maybe they didn't take the goalie as seriously as they should have or whatever it could have been. But it was just a it was a veteran move by the Habs or by, sorry, by the Canucks. I don't know why I thought that. Ross, you tweeted out no excuses. Like what? I don't have excuses. Do I sound like I have excuses? This team stinks. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're kind of decent. They're losers. They're yeah, losers. They're just losers. But that's what we've chirped the Leafs about for years. It's like they have all these talent. They can score highlight goals, but they end up losing the games when they matter most. The only thing is this isn't the playoffs. This is game 12 of the season, and it might already be slipping away. And I think yep. that might might be too kind of a way to say it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. Sends lose 6-4. We've got plenty more to break down tomorrow on Locked On Senators. We've got Alex Adams, who we were on his podcast behind the play recently. Really good yeah. dude. He's going to be our Send Central citizen tomorrow. And Thursday, I'll tease You're it not, for the No, nah, don't do it. You're not. Are you teasing? Are you letting it go now? I was going to just because Martian's kind of the, the peacekeeper in this whole thing. Should we let Martian announce Thursday's guest? Let's save it for the after dark. The the real ones oh. get the sneak peek. All right. So if you're just listening to this in your car, when you get home, tune in on YouTube. The Ottawa Senators are 6-4 losers, and just losers in general. Six games straight, no points at all. Zero points on the season since, when was it, the Dallas game? The game we gave away tickets for Calvin. Uh, oh, yeah. That's the last the time we won a game. Oh we need to get the bones back. We need to do another Bones. giveaway here. What are we yeah. doing? Oh, man. 100 
percent. All right, that's enough for you, car listeners, because we'll have a brand new Locked On Senators for you tomorrow. Everyone in the YouTube chat live, stick around. We've got the postcast after dark coming up right after I jam out to a brand new song that I think you guys are going to like. For Brandon Piller and Laleem's Martian, this has been the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast.